Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 127 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Well, if you're an extrovert, this is your survival guide to living and working with and understanding introverts. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey there, and welcome to the Reinvention Me podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is Larry Gates. Along with Armin Asadi. And we are here to talk about what's next in life. This is the podcast to explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, the ventures you're made to pursue. This is episode 127, Armin. So show notes can be found at reinventure.me backslash 127 it's actually forward slash i always say backslash but it's forward it slash. is forward slash and i've never i've never uh, challenged you on that but it's not a big deal because i think not. generally people yeah <laughs> and you know what and to me i've always kind of confused the two anyway but yeah. it's fine it's really good <laughs> hey thanks for joining us on this podcast we know there are a lot of podcasts you can listen to and we sure do hope you enjoy the show we love to hear from you as you think about what we're talking about and You know, Armin and I come to the microphone and we admit that we are not experts in what we're talking about. What we're trying to do with this podcast is stimulate your neurons, stimulate the way that you think about a topic and see how you might be able to apply it to your show. And in fact, I would say that in as many episodes as we've done, this is probably one of the ones that we are not as expert in either because here are two extroverts and we're going to talk about introverts today. Yeah. <laughs> so we're totally, like patently unqualified except from our own experiences and working with them. Well, you're and, more qualified than me on this topic. On that, you live with an introvert. On, so. on that we are. But, you know, <laughs> we need to talk about people in as much as, you know, I mean, you and I have talked about in previous episodes how much I kind of hate assessment instruments and putting people into categories. Yes. The risk you run and the reason why I don't like it is that we can overgeneralize and we think we have a shortcut to a solution in working with people. But on the other hand, it is helpful to think about the differences that people have than many of them that they share. So right. there are commonalities. And if we're careful about how we deal with the shortcuts that we want to make when we have those commonalities, we can deal with it. But there are commonalities, and some of it is this whole idea of introversion and extroversion. So right. we need to chat about that and because it's important to understand when we're working and living with people. If we want to promote our next great beginning, part of our success in doing that is by working with a variety of people. Right. And the more variety you work with, the better perspective you'll have. Yeah. And it's often hard to sometimes understand different people, you know, because they don't think the way we do. <laughs> and it's probably hard to understand ourselves as well. But let's dive into this with an Inspire Me. Yeah. I mean, that was perfect lead in. So Soren Kierkegaard, who we have quoted before, said, people understand me so poorly that they don't even understand my complaint about them not understanding me. <laughs> <laughs> I, just lo- I just love that because like, oh, what? I don't even. I don't he might even have been you. an introvert. Yeah, well, I'm thinking he was an introvert. I was reading something else that he wrote, and he said, "But talkativeness is afraid of the silence, which reveals its emptiness." Ooh. 
So, I mean, I think that's a little jab at us extroverts that like to uh, process things through our words, right? Like most inspirational (laughs) (laughs) introvert quotes are. (laughs) So we basically speak out of our fear of the emptiness that is held within us. We're going to have our day in court. Next week, we will talk about the guide to living with an extrovert, living and working with an extrovert. So, you know, we probably should get an introvert on the show to do that, but uh, we'll muddle our way through it. We need to probably start, I mean, with what are we talking about? What is this introversion and extroversion that we're talking about? Most people probably know what it is, but I think there's some misconceptions there. Oh, there's tons of misconceptions. And maybe what would be good to start with is where did even the terms come from introvert or extrovert, right? So it started with a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist by the name of Carl Jung. He was trying to understand the different psyches of people. And he's the guy who started the Kiersey Temperament Test which then later is what Myers-Briggs used to create their Myers-Briggs test. Mm -hmm. So introvert and extrovert was something that was started by Carl Jung, who is a psychotherapist. And now as we're getting into it, there's become a lot better definitions as to what it is. So introversion, there are temperament types that you can find in Myers-Briggs. So if you see the ear, the eye, and the Myers-Briggs, that's what that is. And then it talks to energy sources for introverts and extroverts. So that's probably one of the best ways to define it is that extrovert is someone who is energized by people or social settings. And the introvert is someone who's energized or recharged by solitude or just having alone time in a sense. And then there's obviously ambiverts, which you introduced me to actually. Yeah. An ambivert would be somebody that sees themselves as being able to float in the middle. You know, these things are neither one extreme or another. I mean, I think that it's relative scale And you will find some people, if you tend toward extroversion, which you're more a social person or more sociable, then you will be finding that there will be some people who are going to be less extroverted than you. And from your vantage point, they're introverts. But frankly, on the scale, they may still be extroverts. You know, they just might be more introverted than you are if you're an extreme extrovert. Likewise, if you're an extreme introvert, then everybody may seem like an extrovert, even though there are people who are introverts that you might characterize. So just be careful because you're you're viewing it through your lens and and everybody is going to be on some continuum one way or another. Uh, but, but, you know, that's a good, a good explanation. Uh, you know, a simple way to think about it is that extroverts are a sociable people. They like to be around people. That's their preferred energy choice. That's where they get fired up. Whereas introverts tend to be more territorial. In other words, they need space. Right. They need to be the space in their mind or in their environment or whatever. And that's how they get energy. Get out and of my so, bubble. Yeah. And I think the misconception, one of the big misconceptions is that really it's all about how well you react and relate and and all the rest. We're going to talk about some of the myths, but just because somebody might be able to converse and they're talkative or what have you doesn't necessarily mean they're an extrovert. They could be an introvert, but they've got developed communication skills. Right. So it's really more about energy. It's more about are you depleted when you're around people? If so, then you're likely to be an introvert. If being around people energize you and gets you going, then you are an extrovert. And you know, when I married Anna, I don't know if we were all that aware of introversion, extroversion. I think we had some conversations about it, but she is an introvert. She's down the introvert scale. She's not a deep, deep introvert, but from my perspective, she looks like a deep introvert, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty high up on the extroversion scale. Yeah. And when we discovered this, when we go to a cray party, you know, and afterwards, you know, I'd like want to bring the gang home. Right. <laughs> She's like, no, I need space. Yeah, I, need, yeah. I need my space. That's enough. You know, so let's talk about, I mean, some of the myths 
that surrounds introverts, you know, because when you're an extrovert, right, and and you may have an introvert, maybe a spouse or somebody that you work with or whatever, there are certain myths that exist about introverts, and we probably should cover those. I think the first one we should cover is the one that you discovered, which was the statistics on the number or percentage of introverts versus extroverts, because this is probably one of the most common ones. Yeah. When I first became aware of Myers-Briggs, for instance, the thinking at the time was that the general population is 75% extroverts and 25% introverts. Right. Part of the criticism of Myers-Briggs has been in being able to have some good measurements of the type indicators that they've come up with. And this has certainly been a problem over time. But as sociology and psychology has been able to develop better ways of measuring some of these personality traits. They've actually found that it's not all that much difference. In fact, various studies have shown, there was one study I saw that gave a slight edge to introverts, 50.7% to 49.3% in the U.S. Then other that I saw that had the range of an extrovert being between 45 and 53% and an introvert between 47 and 55%. So in either case, you see that it's pretty much equal in terms of introverts, extroverts. What makes it so unusual, and I think why... Myers-Briggs estimated initially that there were 75% extroverts and 25% introverts was because sociologically, we really reinforce extroverted behavior. And so introverts have grown up learning how to be extrovert-like in order to fit in. And so that makes the population, of course, look like, hey, everybody's... When we define this is how you need to behave in order to be successful, then people start to behave in that way, even though that may not be their natural inclination, even though it might just make them more exhausted at the end of the day. (laughs) But if you're an introvert, that's good news for you because you might look around and you might think you're in the minority, but frankly, what you are is you're, you're not aware of where other people's energy level is at. And frankly, there's as many of you probably as there are as extroverts, at least if not more, if not more. Yeah. Okay, so another another myth, I think a lot of introverts actually despise this one, is that they're not good relators, mm-hmm. which the introverts that I have in my life, I would actually say they're better relators. Yeah. And reason being is they like to go deep. And they like to go deep with a few people where extroverts like to go wide. They want to add as many people to their network. They want to know as many people as possible. They want different perspectives. It's it's a wide net, right? But the the reality is not that they're not good relators. They just like to relate to a fewer amount of people. Yeah, that's exactly what, right. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, no, t- entirely. I mean, uh, living with Anna as an introvert, I know that it isn't that she can't relate well. In fact, I would say in many cases she can relate much better than some of my good extroverted friends. Right. A couple of things about that is one is I find that in talking to introverts, I find them to be very good listeners because they're not looking over your shoulder to see if somebody else is around. You ever notice when you're in a party, mm-hmm. you can tell an introvert's behavior in conversation versus an extrovert's behavior because with an extrovert, they might be talking to you, but their eyes are kind of looking beyond your shoulders in a or social around setting. in a social setting. Yeah. They're scoping out what's happening else right. in the room. They want to know where all the social connections are happening. Yep. Is somebody else that I need to talk to nearby. Whereas an introvert, 
generally speaking, their focus is going to be on you. Their right. eyes are going to be on you. You have their attention yeah. because they're interested in what you have to say, and they're wanting they're more to drive in the it. moment than they're than more. I... Yeah, they're more attentive to who you are, so they're more apt to listen and catch something. Whereas an extrovert's oftentimes is more thinking about what they're going to say next. Right. You know, whereas an introvert, <laughs> <It's so true. laughs> an introvert is is really thinking more about what you're saying. Right. Because they're processing it. It is. Okay, so what's another myth Well, that you've learned, at least, from being married to Anna? Yeah. There's a, a myth, I think, that introverts are aloof. You know, what do you they, mean by that? Well, that they want to be alone, you know, and that their silence... So they're, like, more recluse? Reclusive, aloof, uh, unattached. Uh, okay. they're, they're maybe disengaged. I mean, you mentioned when we were doing a little bit of the show prep, some of the frustration you've had is sometimes... Th- introverts are harder to engage in a brainstorming session, which a brainstorming session is by definition an extroverted thing, right? right? And you can draw the assumption, right, that their silence is this detachment, this mm-hmm. they don't care, they're aloof, they're, you know, not not interested. But silence is not the same, right? They're giving some consideration. And, and it isn't that they're not engaged. In fact, they're just engaged in a deep introspective way right. it's not verbalizing and putting it out i mean you know you you, you talk about extroverting out loud right and i remember a college professor that one time said most people don't know what they think about something till they say it well right. i mean that's an extrovert kind of comment to me <laughs> but introverts may appear aloof they may appear uninterested but they're not they're giving thoughtful deliberation uh, to those in fact they may even be doing more so than those who are processing verbally because like i said those who are extroverts are tending to think more about how they're going to respond to what they're hearing rather than what Mm. they're hearing that's so true which makes us sound bad but again we'll defend ourselves later next episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly right (laughs) now another myth that we hear quite often is that they prefer to be left alone that they're they prefer isolation that they don't like to be around people and for i mean I, I know you're around again a very seasoned introvert. Mm-hmm. So, so she's taught me everything I know about introverts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I guess I got mine from just having to lead a lot of introverts. But even though that's where they recharge, it's not their preference to be lonesome and not ha- be isolated and not have people in their lives. That's not at all the case. They. They like to have six or less friends and they like to have really deep relationships with them and all that, but they still want to be around those people. They still want to engage with one other person that they can actually introvert with. You know, it's not yeah. like they want to always be in some isolated area that it, it, you can introvert with another person at times, you know, like your husband or wife. Right. Well, introverts enjoy solitude, but they can also be lonely. They enjoy friendships and they enjoy, as you said, a measured few deep friends rather than a broad swath of friendships. Right. You know, what I've noticed a, a distinction is that, you know, with extroverts, we tend to bubble our friendships. You know, they're just like bubbling up. We we connect with people and then we disconnect with them and we connect and disconnect. And it's this highly fluid, as I would say, kind of a bubbling, right? Right. Or as with an introvert, it's it's much more directed, much more deep. And so if someone is out of sight for an extrovert, they're out of mind. Yeah. You know, it's generally, you you know, you don't think about them unless you see them. It's just your process doesn't really come through. Yeah. For an introvert, that's not the case. For an introvert, they're they're very much thinking about the relationships that are important to them Mm -hmm. and those people. And I, I tell you, you know, I don't know if your wife does this. I know she's more of an extrovert than 
than Anna is. But when I get together with somebody, Anna always asks, well, did you ask them this? And did you ask them this? And it's right. like, she's much more aware even of some of the things that have happened to them than I even recall. Right. You know, so that, that sensitivity to what's meaningful to them is more important, I think, in, in many ways, or more easily diagnosed or right. seen by an introvert than it is an extrovert. That's so true. I do love one thing about introverts is that, well, I love many things about introverts, is it's frustrating building a relationship with them because it takes much longer than building a relationship with an extrovert. But once you've built that relationship, and, it, and it, again, it takes a lot of time more often than not, and I'm making a generalized statement here. I'm stroking with the broad brush here, but once you have that relationship, they are there. You know, like they well, you know, you know you what either. that relationship means. I mean, in order to make a relationship with an introvert, it has meaning. Yeah, you can make a relationship with an extrovert, and it doesn't necessarily. You don't necessarily know if it has you meaning. bonded. That isn't yeah. to say that all relationships are shallow, because you said we're going to get our day in court next week. But mm -hmm. it is to say that when you do forge a relationship with an introvert, it usually does have some meaning because they they don't need a lot of people in their lives. Yeah, and that taxes their energy. You know, one thing that I've observed that is mythical a little bit about introverts is to assume that when they're in their their space, right, that they're all they're doing is trying to recover from being around people, right? It's almost like they're, there's a part of that that's true. There's a part that they need to re-energize. But the distinct difference here is that extroverts need people in order to work out their ideas. You yeah. know, that's how we find out whether idea has merit or not. Absolutely. For an introvert, they need the space to work out their ideas. So mm -hmm. while an extrovert might see an introvert retreating, we're thinking they're maybe retreating just for recovery. And that might be, but it's more often that they're retreating because that's where they do their best work. Yeah. And they, we need to give them that time to do that. That's where their creativity comes. That's alive. where it comes that's a their lot. inspiration. Correct. A lot of times for an extrovert, they look at a, you know, pile of books and they see a pile of paper <laughs> right but for for an introvert that is a, a lot of times not just their escape from people but it's it's their it's their way of dreaming it's their vision the way of creating vision and creating opportunities for themselves and coming up with new ideas or whatever it might be but it, it's not to get away from people but it's to enter into something right and right. it's and it's inspirational for them. Yeah. So what's a what's the last myth we want to leave with respect to introverts? I think as an extrovert, this is one that bothers me on behalf of introverts is that introverts don't make great leaders. That's uh, the myth. That is the myth. And I would go as far as saying that if I had to lean one way or another, I would think that introverts make better leaders than extroverts. Larry, have you ever read the book Multipliers? Yeah, I have it right there. I actually haven't read it, but it's on my to-read, yeah. Okay, so she gave me a perspective in terms of leadership, in terms of a leader that is a multiplier, that makes you very empowered, that allows you to keep growing, that whatever, right? And then there's the diminisher, the type of leader that diminishes your opinion, right. that minimizes you, right? And if there is a tendency, generalized tendency of extrovert versus introvert, I would say it's a lot more natural for an introvert as a leader to be a multiplier than it is for a extrovert to be a multiplier because a extrovert, not with any ill intention, but we have ways as leaders to take someone's idea 
and stamp our own version of it on top of it yep. right? to add to it in some way, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Which almost takes away yep. from that victory they just had, that awesome suggestion that they just came up with. Mm-hmm. So for us to have this myth that introverts somehow don't make great leaders, I think myth is an understatement because I think more often than not, introverts can be much better leaders if we're talking in a general sense. Yeah, and I think some of that, as we talked about at the outset of the show, is sociologically driven is that we tend to assume that talkers are leaders. They're the ones that put their ideas out there. They're the ones that seem to have a little bit more charisma. I'm reading a book. We're going to get this guy on our show because I'm reading a book that's going to be published here in a couple of months. And he cites some stats that actually point out the advantage that introverted salespeople have. Actually, there's not that much difference between the performance output of an introverted salesperson as an extroverted salesperson. We tend to think that in sales is where you really need to have an extrovert. I mean, that's, you know, they love people. They love to deal with stuff. But frankly, the performance of an introverted salesperson is nearly just as high. There's a little bit lower, but not much, not appreciably. And in fact, can be even better because of their ability to listen uh, to what the client needs rather than to extrovert out all their own ideas, which is what you were talking about. Right. And they're better at follow-up in most cases. (laughs) That may be true. There was a research done by a Wharton research professor. His name is Adam Grant. And I'll just quote what he said. I won't break down the entire research. But he just simply said, introverted leaders are more likely to listen carefully to suggestions and support employees' efforts to be proactive. Mm. They have a greater tendency to inspire proactivity out of their employees than extroverts do. And I'll just leave it at that so that we don't waste too much time around that topic. Yeah, no, that's good. So those are five myths that I think are fairly common about introverts. You might have one of your own. I would love to you know, hear that on the show notes. But let's talk about some tips now. If you're working with an introvert, Armin, what are some things that we need to keep in mind in working with an introvert? You've worked with quite a few introverts. I have. I failed miserably, I would say, for most of it. It took time to learn because, well, it's a personality conflict more than anything. But Anytime I would work with an introvert, I would realize, especially in a meeting scenario, anytime I would put them on the spot and catch them off guard without giving them time to think about something, always created this just awkward scenario per se, right? It's either it looks like they don't care what I'm asking, they don't have an opinion, or it looks like I'm trying to catch them off guard and put them in a bad position, right? Yep. Where I, one of the things I've realized with introverts is it, if if you want ideas from them, if ideation or brainstorming is is your goal with them, give them time. Um, they they need time to think about it, and they need time to think about it on their own. Because when once they're in a group setting, you're you're inserting all your ideas into their head, where it makes it almost impossible for them to come up with their own thing. So if that's what you want from them. Give them fair warning. Say, here's what we're going to talk about. Give them time to be on their own, to marinate on it, and then come with the list of ideas that they have, and then they'll insert them into the meeting and add value. And it'll make it a lot better for the dynamic for the entire team because you gave them a chance to come with their ideas. Otherwise, it's just going to sound like half the room is out talking and over talking everyone else who's yeah. an introvert, you know, because yeah. they'll silently wait. Mm-hmm. They pa- will. Patiently wait, I should yeah. say. You do point out one important thing about leaders. I think what I found is that it's so much easier to lead thinking that 
you can lead in the same way with everyone Mm -hmm. and that everybody ought to respond in the way that you ought to respond. So if you're an extrovert and you're a leader, the tendency would be to just assume that you're the uh, lack of response you might be getting from an introvert when caught off guard by this, okay, we've got this quick brainstorming session that was never announced. We're just getting people together and we're going to extrovert things. The introverted participant there is saying, what? Uh, I want some time to think about this. I, I need some space to think about it. And it's very uncomfortable for them to feel under pressure to sure. extrovert in the way that an extroverted leader might expect them to. Right. You know, we're, extroverts are like fast flowing rivers, you know, and we do this think out loud kind of thing. And we like it when other people think out loud and introverts are much more of a deep ocean, right? And the, the treasures they have are, are deeper. You can't just get them on a moment's notice because what they have to bring is usually very, very good. It's thought through. Mm-hmm. Whereas an extroverted person is looking for the kind of the quick, quick answer, something that's really, really fast. One out of our 10 ideas that is good. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Dump nine crappy ones. <laughs> yeah. So if you're an extroverted leader, keep, keep aware of the introverts on your team and they're going to be benefited from a good agenda and yeah. give them enough time ahead of time. Don't give them a surprise snap meeting Give them time to process so they can be at their best. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for their best contributions. And even if you have them be part of a brainstorming meeting, which probably isn't the most fun for an introvert, and there's some things that an introvert can do. We'll talk about that next week uh, if they're caught into that. If you're an introvert and you need to live in this extrovert world, (laughs) we've got some ideas for that in next week's show. But if you are an extroverted leader, give some thought that the amount of pre-planning and giving them the ability to think in advance would be helpful. True. Here's another thing is be flexible in your communication styles. If if you're the type of leader that's an extrovert who likes constantly talking and group meetings and face-to-faces, that might not always work the best for an introvert. Just be flexible. Because if your end goal is the communication, the vehicle in which you do it doesn't have to be the thing that you create an idol around. Mm-hmm. Just let the communication happen. They might be more comfortable with email or text. And, right. And and if you think about it, there if you ever talk to a introvert, which is really, really awkward for an extrovert at times, because introverts are very, very comfortable in silence. Right. So if you ask them something or if they're in conversation, they'll take a very long pause and it's not awkward for them. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Extroverts need to fill dead air, right? Right, right. We're, we're like more... Radio silence is death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where, you know, and if it's awkward for you, it'll, it's not awkward for them, but they'll sense your sense of awkwardness. So if, if you can just create different avenues of communication, let the communication beat the goal, not the vehicle in which you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything exactly. else that you would suggest? Oh, yeah. I would say when you want to get input from them, ask for their thoughtful consideration of something. And, and a tactic that I've used with Anna is a hit and run technique. That's what we call it. We say, hey, I'd like to get your opinion about something, but I don't need it right now. I'll check in with you after a while. It allows them to relax from the immediate request, knowing that they don't need to come up with a spur-of-the-moment answer. They can right. get it into their schedule. And if, in fact, it really works well in just making accommodations because Anna might have plans for her day. And if I just say, Hey, I'm planning to run up to the store in about a half an hour and then I leave. Yeah. (laughs) That gives her an opportunity to decide if, heck yeah, I can restructure what I've been working on and I can go with you. They need that time just to process through and sort through what they're doing to, 
to make that happen. So the hit and run has been a really helpful technique that I found. Uh, so that brings well. up a brings up a good point. I want to ask you, and we can end with this part of it is. What tips do you have? Because I have none. I've never had to live with an introvert. But what kind of tips do you have for someone living with an introvert as an extrovert? (laughs) Well, one of the biggest ones is to find a way for them to communicate to you that they've had enough. You know, it's kind of like pouring cream. You got to just say when. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And with Anna and living with her, I've had to recognize that I need her to be able to have a cue as to when she's had enough extroversion and to respect that. And I think the biggest thing to learn from that is that it's not about me. When she says she's had enough, it isn't to shut me down because she's had enough time with me and, and she doesn't want any more time with me. It's just, she needs time for herself to do her own thing, to do her thinking and her processing and all of that. Hmm. And that has nothing to do with me. That was the being the biggest thing for me is like her need for space. I felt like was an indictment of, me. Yeah. In fact, I still feel that way sometimes. I feel yeah. like, wait a minute, you know? Come on, I'm the yeah. best. <laughs> <laughs> I need you. I need you. I need you. Right? You know, as an extrovert, I mean, you can appreciate this. I know we love to extrovert things out. We like to process verbally, get our thinking out there and get the interaction with other people. And having a respectful time when they say enough, that's an important thing to do. Interesting. Any other suggestions that you've learned or tips that you've learned throughout these 30 some odd years of marriage? Well, I think asking the right kind of questions is important. And this is good either in a work setting or in a a life setting because extroverts tend to ask each other very kind of matter of fact questions. How are you doing? Fine. And that's good enough. We're we're on our way (laughs) to talking about whatever we need to talk about. But if you ask the same question to an introvert and you say, how are you? An introvert's processing that question a little bit differently. An introvert is saying, are you really asking me how I'm doing? Is this a genuine question? Right. And if it is a genuine question, do you have something specific in mind that you want to know about? Mm. And they're, pro- they're actually processing that. And if that, how deep should I go? I mean, how interested really are you? That Those are all things that occupy them. For an extrovert, somebody asks you how you're doing, you just you don't even think that you just give a blurp answer. You know, if they come back with a, a probe, then you know, something's going on. But an introvert takes that question very seriously because right. they're very much aware how they're doing. Hmm. And they're saying, well, is this, are you asking because you want to know, or yeah. are you just giving me the standard, how you doing? question?" <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to work with an introvert and develop a relationship with an introvert, you got to go deep water fishing, not fly fishing. You know, I mentioned that that's the ocean. And so you got to be willing to ask deeper questions. So asking them, what are some of the things that you've been pondering this week is a really good question to ask an introvert because hmm. they have been, they, they can tell you what that is, right. but don't do it with your eyes darting off to, you know, other places in the room or if you're likely <laughs> to be distracted because you're going to lose their trust. Right. You give an introvert a question like that. that's an invitation for them to disclose what they've been pondering because they have, they've been pondering something and usually it's really, really good stuff. Whereas you and I, we popcorn stuff all the time. And so what have you been pondering this week? There's been thousands of things, but I've had (laughs) pondering is probably too deep a word to describe it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, that is all the time we have. I wish we could get into this further, but we know there's introverts listening to this, so we, we want to hear from you. What are some suggestions and comments and ideas that you have? What did we miss? What should we be talking about? What are some 
thoughts that you have about being an introvert and potentially an extrovert's world that you hear often. Whatever it might be, talk to us. Let us know. So leave us a question or a comment on our show notes at reinventure.me forward slash 127 or call us at 612-314-5447. And better yet, just subscribe to our show notes via email at reinventure.me. For now, this is Armin Asadi with Larry Gates saying farewell. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.